this like and talk directly into it. Okay. So that the audio is clear enough sure. for a podcast. Okay. For sure. It is a jackalope, which is a rabbit with the antlers of a deer, um, sitting in a geometric diamond shape. Um, and then there are some uh, herbs kind of outlining the bottom of the diamond. That was Sam True describing her first and only tattoo to me at Elevenses on Scott back in August. The interview is part of a newly launched project by the Kitchener Public Library called Our Ink, Our Stories. TCE gathered a few conversations about locals' tattoos and the stories behind them. You can read those and submit your own stories at ourinkourstories.com. In case you were wondering, I'm Megan Norse, and you're listening to TCE Radio. Let's go back to Sam. So I got my tattoo done in January of 2016 in Chicago. Nice, Chicago. Yeah. So were you just like traveling there and it was on a whim, or did you plan it out? I sort of had planned it out. So the uh, I knew I was going to Chicago like two or three uh, months prior, so doing the bookings and all that. And then I knew I wanted my first tattoo because I figured it was time. There was suddenly there was finally meaning that I wanted to ink on my skin. Um, so I started looking on uh, a couple referral sites to see what style I would like, what artist I would like, and then I kind of pinpointed it down to uh, a female inkist in Chicago who had like kind of that geometric light touch that I liked. Um, and the fact that she was female really helped as well um, to drive that decision. Yeah, that's funny because it's a theme that I've had with almost everyone I've interviewed. It's mostly just with women so far. Mm-hmm. And lots of people have said that, that they chose specifically for the artist to like, support women in an underrepresented industry. Also, just because it's generally like, it's kind of a really intimate experience. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, there's something to be said to have someone that you can relate to a little more or are comfortable with. Yeah, I found that, so I also kind of crept uh, my artist on Instagram, (laughs) so she was like roughly my height, like roughly my age, like her interests were aligned. It's funny, you don't just choose your tattoo, you also choose the person who does it because it's such an intimate moment that you're, you're telling their story as well. So what I thought to myself was, I know this is going to take five to six hours, who do I want, like, kind of breathing down my neck, and who do I want, like, grasping my arm? Because it's yeah. in a fairly sensitive area, too, right? So, luckily for me, Kelsey Moore was, like, incredible. We had so much to talk about, and that makes time go by as yeah. well. Yeah, but 100%, yeah, like, are you going to be comfortable with your artist was a, a big concern of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the shop name? It was Stained in Pain in Chicago, Yeah. If you're into craft beer in Waterloo Region, you may have heard of Ren Navarro. She can often be found at Arabella Park or one of the many local craft breweries chatting beer and community. We talked about a couple of her many tattoos on a sunny morning on the Yeti's patio. Here she is. So top tattoo is an anatomical heart with a banner through it that says some dates and then Laura and then some more dates. (laughs) Uh, it's for my grandmother. 
who passed away at the age of 95, who basically raised me with my mom. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so super important. 95, wow. Everyone in my family lives really long. I'm terrified. <laughs> so terrified. My great aunt has died at 100. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I have a really long life. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that tattoo. And that was done at Passage Tattoo in Toronto by Jada Cater, who also owns the tattoo place. Then the bottom one is a fairly saintly-looking lady wearing some robes, holding a staff and some books. And then there's skulls and candles, because why not? Mm -hmm. And she is Saint Gertrude, who is the patron saint of books and learning, though she is not a true saint. Yeah. (laughs) And then also not to be confused with the other Saint Gertrude, who really is a saint, and I think she's like the patron saint of cats. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean is awesome because I love cats. Um, yeah. I also have a tattoo of my cats, but different story. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just it's it's weird, but I got it, and I got that from my mom um, because her second middle name is Gertrude, and did it as a you don't want me to get another tattoo, but if I get a tattoo for you, then you can't be mad. <laughs> so when you got the Gertrude one, how many other tattoos? I was fairly covered. Yeah. yeah. So you already lost. Yeah. So it's like one. So my left arm is a full sleeve. Yeah. And then my right arm is kind of the like just put some stuff on it. So it's the random arm. Yeah. And so I did this to kind of at least have two things that tied into each other because everything else on this arm is just like. Yeah. I wanted a thing and that's where it fit. Yeah. That's so. fair. Yeah. Um, that's like what arms are for, like. right? <laughs> There's this cool thing I want it with me. So I'm Here's just gonna put it on arm. that arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can look at it all the time. Mm-hmm. So that was Ren Navarro, and that was part of the Kitchener Public Library's new project, Our Ink, Our Stories. If you want to read more tattoo stories or submit your own, go to their website, ourinkourstories.com. You can also see Ren's story featured in the October issue of the Community Edition. So now we're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, I, Megan, the former editor-in-chief and host of this podcast, am on my way out of the Community Edition, and our new leader is Beth Bowles. Hello. Uh, Who is here with me? That was her. (laughs) And so we're just going to, she's going to keep the podcast going after I leave And she'll be the new host, so we're just going to chat a little bit so you can get to know her better. So, Beth, this is your first official week as the Editor-in-Chief of the Community Edition. How's it been so far? Um, It's been good. It's been bizarre. I feel like I've been shadowing you a lot. Like, everywhere you step, I'm kind of just, like, right behind you. Yeah. Like, I should really just be on your back, I think. It's like a cat, except you're a lot louder than a cat. I am. Because <laughs> you talk so much. Yeah, I do. I talk a lot. I always have stories. Sometimes they're relevant, but sometimes they're not. It's almost like a chihuahua, I would say. Like having a chihuahua follow you around. That's yeah. what it's been like. Yeah, I feel a little bit like you're my mom. I I was going to say big sister, but sure, we can <laughs> jump to mom. I am only two years older than you. This is true. No, it's been, this week has been great. There's been a lot of um, information thrown at me quickly. Um, but it's mainly bizarre because I did work here for a year. Um, I was the editor in chief of the cord, which is Laurier's student newspaper, um, which is run out of the same office as the community edition. Um, so I was here for a year 
working really, really hard with a bunch of Lori students to put out the court every week. Um, and I did work really closely with Jesse, who was the editor-in-chief of the Community Edition before you. So I feel like I've been a part of TCE for a while without actually being a part of it. Yeah, like you've definitely been on the team, mm -hmm. um, especially because that entire year where you were working for the court, like, and Jesse was EIC, literally every time I was here for a community edition meeting, Beth was always here. Yeah. And because she talks so damn much, <laughs> she was a vocal member. And whether he wants to admit it or not, Jesse is my best friend. So, <laughs> yeah. shout out to Jesse Bauman. Yeah. We don't know where you are, but we hope that you are <laughs> safe and alive. Hope you're safe and know that we still love you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited to especially start writing again because while I wasn't working in this office, I was still contributing to TC as much as I could. But um, writing on your own and then submitting it to somebody to be published is very different than actually being a part of that every single day and editing and working with writers and mm -hmm. coming up with story lists. And that's the part that I think I missed the most was curating content and bouncing off ideas with other people. So I'm really looking forward to jumping back into that again. Yeah. And I would say that like, that's been the best part of this job for me is being immersed in journalism every day. Like being able to, come into work and have it be your job to think about what kind of stories can be told and then have the time and space to explore those stories and have the credibility of being the editor of a publication when you're out in the community sharing those stories or trying to gather new ones. Um, it's a really special opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, anyone who has been part of the community edition knows this is a very like very special paper everyone who's part of it usually has some kind of twisted emotional attachment I know I certainly have my own Alistair producer he's been trying to get away for feels like decades um it's only been a couple months but yeah this place just has a hold on you like the community edition is very special and I say that with a bias coming out as the fin as the uh, outgoing editor-in-chief but it's also super true so I I don't even care if I'm biased. <laughs> I feel like the the connection to the region, too, becomes so much stronger when you're involved in community media. Like, these past couple of months, um, I have I have went from feeling so connected to the community to kind of feeling a little bit disconnected. And as much as I was absorbing community media um, and I was engaging in it, it's not the same as being at the head of a newspaper where you feel like you know what's going on all the time and I love this region so much that having an active role in that is really important to me okay so I think when people leave jobs it's generally an assumption that they found a, a newer better job yeah um so Megan do you want to talk a little bit about why you're leaving the community edition I can yeah and it's it has been funny. Um, almost every person that I've told that I'm leaving this job or that I'm moving out of KW, it's always, oh, do you have something lined up? Or, oh, why are you going? Or why, what's your next job? Or bigger opportunities ahead? Like, all questions like that. And then I have to make it real awkward and be like, no, I'm leaving this to go live with my mother and pursue unemployment. 
uh, for a little while, um, which I also recognize as like an insanely privileged thing to say. And I'm very fortunate that I have that opportunity. Um, basically, I have been bummed out for years, <laughs> super depressed all the time. Anyone who knows me knows Megan's a sad girl. Like that's just, it's all part of my brand. Um, and so yeah, I've been working really hard for the past, the entire time I've lived, the entire seven years I've lived in KW, I've been working really hard to manage my mental health and to work on my mood and develop coping skills. And I've so many hours in therapy and doctor's offices and so many different medications and counseling and anyone who has experienced mental health issues, I'm sure has had similar experiences. It, it gets exhausting after a while. And so I kind of hit a point back in August where I realized that things were bad in a more like emergency kind of bad. Um, that I felt like if I didn't make a drastic change, if I didn't um, cut out some of these huge stressors that I had, which were work and finances and living alone um, and trying to, you know, be an adult. It's really hard to be 26, guys. I don't know if you know that, but super hard. Um, so I was trying to balance all these things and it just, it wasn't working and I was pushing something that just wasn't right. So that's how I made the decision to leave. Um, I knew that I couldn't I couldn't give what I needed or what I wanted to give to my job at the community edition. And Kitchener has become an expensive place to live and especially living alone, it's, it's challenging, so. She's not wrong, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I am fortunate enough that I have a supportive family and I have my mother's house that I can go in and stay for a while while I figure out the next steps. So yeah, that's why I'm leaving and that's what I'm headed towards is a, a few months of intensive self-discovery and self-care and all that other stuff. And I think it's important, like I feel like it was important to talk about and to tell other people because I've been thinking about this for years. Like I realistically, I should have, once I finished university, I should have moved back home and I should have given myself that break then. Mm -hmm. And I didn't because I felt this pressure that I had to be... I had to be going, I had to be successful, I had to be getting my dream job, and everything I did had to be meaningful. And that is, like, it, it's the worst, and I see it happen to so many other new graduates and other people in their 20s, especially women, I think. Um, there's this idea that we have to always be doing something, and, it, you know, it's unrealistic that your first job out of university is going to be your dream job mm -hmm. or even your second or third or fourth job. Like the perfect job isn't out there, but even if it is, of course you're not going to find it right away. And why would you want to like the struggle and working, working your way up places is what makes your career valuable to you. Um, and also your career is not the only thing going on in your life. Who, who cares if you have the killer job, if, you're super depressed and you hate every other aspect of your life. Absolutely. You, we were talking about this um, a couple weeks ago and you told me this metaphor 
I'm, yes. I'm bringing up the metaphor again because <laughs> I have shared this metaphor with so many people. Um, also, just a little side, Megan Norse is one of the most self-reflective people I've ever met in my life. She's a genius, and she has so much wealth of knowledge to share with others. So when you shared this metaphor with me, it did resonate with me because I, I have my own batch of mental health problems, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, so what was this metaphor that you told me about the couch? Okay, so the couch metaphor um, is I stole this from a podcast called Strong Opinions Loosely Held, which is a great pop culture feminist podcast. You should all listen to that. Um, They weren't talking about it in mental health uh, context, but that's how I've adopted it for me. So I feel like if you have a shitty couch like that has weird stains and has a tear in the cushions and smells like a butt and just is an awful couch, you can put the most beautiful, most expensive and cutest throw pillows on top of it, but it's not going to change the fact that you have a shitty couch. Like it's still going to be uncomfortable when you sit down and when you take away those throw pillows so that there's space for you to sit down and be like, this couch sucks. Why, why am I doing this? Why have I been collecting all these throw pillows when I should really have just been looking for a better couch or trying to make this couch better? So that's kind of like, I see the couch as like the foundation of my life. Um, I've been adding things like jobs and friends and relationships and things and experiences and all of these other little throw pillows that I thought if I had enough of them, would make my shitty couch better but that's not how it works and so I've gotten to a point where I can't really add any more throw pillows and I can't it's not working anymore the throw pillows aren't helping and so I have to go back to the beginning and look for a new couch (laughs) so that's kind of what I'm doing and that since I heard that and have then spread that gospel to several other people I feel like it's it's really helped me understand myself and understand what I need. Um, Cause that was a big thing for years. I've been not only, not just ignoring, but like not at all being aware of the basic thing that I needed, which was a better couch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think your experiences are obviously unique to yourself, but they're also so relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you talk about, being a young graduate, I graduated university a year and a half ago, and I was really fortunate to get a job running the cord right out of graduation, Um, but I watched so many of my friends and uh, people in my program just struggle, especially those who got an arts degree, (laughs) because I think that, like, I remember being 17 and finishing high school and guidance counselors just telling you, like, just go to post-secondary, just go, just go, just go, Mm -hmm. and you didn't question it. And then you go and you finish and it's like nobody's there to tell you what to do next. So I was really fortunate to find employment literally the day after my last exam. But my my job running the cord was also just a very confusing job to everybody. People thought I was still in school. People thought it was like a part-time job. People didn't really understand what I had to deal with every single day. And I got so exhausted from just explaining and almost proving that my job was worthy to people. Mm -hmm. Um, That was really, really frustrating. And then when my contract was up, I went from working a job where I felt like I was really contributing and making a difference to working multiple part-time jobs where I was just showing up to make $11.40 an hour to go home and just be exhausted after. 
and to want to write all the time because that's my outlet of expression but not having not having the time to write not having the energy or not being inspired because I was literally just going to work so I could pay my rent Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of a lot of recent grads have similar stories but also feel stuck Mm -hmm. and just keep throwing throw pillows onto their shitty broken smelly couch yeah but not really knowing how to change the foundation and that's the thing too is like changing the foundation of your life is not as simple as just being like hey maybe you should just change your life it's not that simple Mm -hmm. it takes exploring and it takes making mistakes but also making good decisions so we really hope that this big decision that you're making is a good one I think it is I think so um I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's hard to leave KW. This is a really special place in my, I've felt really fortunate to be part of this community. And especially I'm leaving right before the LRT starts up. <laughs> I thought, I thought I would be here to ride it one time. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, bad timing on my part. But other than that, Well, I mean, the good thing about leaving a community where you've built as many connections as you have is that there's always something to go back to. I just recently moved into a new home that has an attic (laughs) that is very hot, and there's a very large spider that all of us are afraid to move, but you are more than welcome (laughs) to sleep in my unfinished attic. Um, I can maybe, like, find a portable fan to put up there for you because, like I said, it's very warm. But, um, but I mean, in all seriousness, I think that you have more than enough people that will give you a reason to come back here and will lend a couch that's probably going to be shitty because we're all journalists and we don't have a lot of money um, (laughs) for you to sleep on. Thanks, Beth. That was, you're a very good therapist. Hey, no problem. (laughs) We're both very good therapists to each other. And I think that's why we make good friends. But I can't take my own advice. Right. But I'm (laughs) bummed. That's the ultimate problem that we all have. Really good at giving people advice, but often make self-destructive decisions. Yeah. All right. Well, if we had a wrap up, I do want to tell a quick anecdote because I think it's too funny not to. So we recorded this conversation like three weeks ago. It's the first week of October right now. We recorded it in the middle of September. Um, And then... I somehow, through definitely fault of my own, damaged the SD card that it was all saved on and lost all those files. Pressing um, eject before taking out an SD yeah. card is a real thing. I Megan know. didn't believe anyone. I, she thought it was an urban myth. I thought it was bullshit. And no, it turns out that bad things can happen, so never do it. I'll never do it again. I've learned a very valuable lesson, so learn from my mistakes. But anyways, so here we are now in the first week of October, re-recording this conversation we've already had. And this almost exact same incident happened about exactly a year ago with then editor-in-chief Jesse Bauman when I was interviewing him for our inaugural podcast episode and I pressed the wrong button on the recorder and so we had like this great 40-minute chat and then none of it recorded (laughs) and then we had to do the whole conversation over again and then here we are having the exact same thing happened so have I learned any lessons from this podcast it's debatable but so when I leave TC, whenever that may be, and I record a conversation with whoever takes over, I'm going to lie to them <laughs> and tell them that we're recording 
and then not actually um, as a rite of passage. I think yeah. that maybe, maybe you, Megan Norse, made a new tradition. I, I may have inadvertently, so. All right, why don't you, to close off, just remind everyone who you are and where they can find you. Well, everyone, my name is Beth Bowles. I am the new editor-in-chief of the Community Edition. Uh, follow us on Instagram, at Community Edition. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, too. My personal Twitter is at BowlesBethany. Um, I really only tweet aggressively about music that I like, so if that's your thing, <laughs> then we could be best friends. Totally. All right. Thanks for all these memories, KW, and we'll see you later.